There are so many people who have to deal with the same stuff like I do. I was like, okay, like in my bubble, no one is really talking about it. And I want to try to open up to this because no one is doing it, you know, like not really. Hey, streamers and dreamers. My name is Otto Kent, and you're listening to The Week by Telecom Electronic Beats. It's Thursday, June 8th, and this is your weekly update on music, culture, and what's next. So I don't know about you, but there is something grim about watching an artist burn out knowing I was enjoying the songs they made during Mental Breakdown. It sometimes feels like we find out that our favorite artists are hitting a wall mentally after the fact, or in some cases when it's too late. But in recent years, talking about mental health and burnout has become greatly destigmatized. Being open about depression, mental illness, and disabilities no longer marks us as unhirable, unreasonable, or unreliable. And that shift has set the stage for artists, regardless of age, status, or genre, to truly open up about what they've been going through, not only in their songs, but also in interviews, on stage, and on social media. One of the artists taking that step is Mel G. She's a DJ and producer based in Hamburg, and in 2022, she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. BPD can severely impact the way someone thinks about themselves and the people around them. It can lead to intense bouts of anger, anxiety, depression, and sometimes self-harm. Three years after Mel G played her breakout set on Hera, she is releasing her debut LP, Issues. It's set to come out on July 20th, and for the first time, fans get to hear her open up about her diagnosis and her own mental health. Today, Mel joins me to talk about her journey with BPD, the reaction she's been getting from fans, and even how her therapist's breathing techniques made their way into the album. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> it's a beautiful day out, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It and is. I think that's perfect for my mood because I have seasonal affective disorder and winters are really tough for me. Yeah. And when the sun is out, it's just crazy how my mental health just immediately improves. I don't know. Do you have something yeah, similar? I have the same. I have the same. It's crazy. But I came from Hamburg and it's like super windy there. So I was super happy to be in Berlin right now. Usually I'm not, but today it's sunny. So everything is all right. <laughs> so the mood increased as the train <laughs> yeah. got further to us. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Well, we're here to talk about mental health. Yes. And specifically, you have your first LP dropping. Mm-hmm. And it's called... Issues. Which is wow, a perfect, <laughs> perfect uh, opportunity for us to talk about mental health issues. And uh, you actually deal with one particular issue, borderline personality disorder. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> um, when were you diagnosed? Uh, it was one and a half years ago now. Okay. Then I started uh, therapy again. As a kid, I had therapy for 10 years already, but uh, I didn't know what was going on with me. And I always thought that maybe I'm crazy or something is wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but uh, now I'm happy to get the diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about what a diagnosis can mean for someone who's dealing with mental illness. Like, how did it change things for you? Maybe better or worse? I don't know. Mm. Like in the in the beginning, I was just like, okay, I don't need to diagnose because it's just like something therapists are working with. And yeah, it's all about money and all this stuff. But I think this was just in my head. Um, but right now I'm super happy to have it because now I know um, that now I have something I can work with, you know. Yeah. And now I don't feel alone anymore because there are a lot of people who, are, who have the same diagnosis. And now, yeah, I feel like surrounded by like the same people and I can talk with, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I know as a as a new Berliner, 
I'm from California and like mm-hmm. how everyone has a diagnosis. Maybe they have five <laughs> and, and, me- and mental health and therapy. You yeah. know, there's such a rich history there and also in music as well. But Germany, it's a bit different. Um, and I, I think that actually when artists come out publicly to talk mm-hmm. about this stuff here, especially it's, it's a bit more meaningful Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I I, I find that uh, a lot of people complain about not being able to find therapists in Germany. And Yeah, that's super hard for me as well. I'm also, I don't have like a real therapist. It's more like therapists, they're still like learning and all this stuff. So it's on camera. There's um, like one, I don't know, like one institution in Hamburg called PTA. And they are like these, um, yeah therapist without uh qualific no they have they are qualified but you how do, do you say it in english <laughs> oh my gosh now i'm forgetting like, but but yeah they they're like um either in training or yeah, they're, they're like doing Chinese. a study or yeah, something exactly. like that and it's yeah, on absolutely. camera but it's also super nice because um they uh, like rewatch the whole like session with their with their bosses or with their real therapist mm. and uh so i have like two you know oh, but nice. I, i don't know like the real one <laughs> you have a whole team <laughs> yeah so i have a whole team which is really nice <laughs> well could yeah. you just explain a little bit about how BPD like affects your daily life as an artist? Mm, it's really different. Like last year I was touring a lot and it was my first year of like touring every weekend. Like it was super tough and super hard. And uh, then I just realized, okay, I never have time for myself. Like, because another week I wanted to make music and then there's label stuff and all the shit. And I never had like one day off just for my, just for myself. And then uh, like my stress level was so high all the time that I was not able to I don't know, control my emotions in a, like, in a normal way. So when, like, a little uh, thing happened, for example, like, I lost my keys, then I was, like, there was a mental breakdown for me. And I, um, yeah, just was shouting at people, screaming at people, and made them responsible for my problems, you know. <laughs> yeah, and this is what happened also on tour when I was traveling, and then there's a train delayed or a flight, I missed a flight or something like this. And then my world was, like, completely dark, and there was just, like... Yeah, this black and white thinking, you know, yeah, there was nothing in between and it was super hard. A couple of weeks ago on the show, we talked about the cost of living crisis for artists right now. And yeah. uh, one thing was said, which was really interesting, and it, it actually triggered me a little bit too, which is that when you miss a flight or a flight gets delayed yeah. and you can't get to the gig, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know, like, you're just not going to get paid. Yeah, And uh, that can really, I mean, even for someone who's not dealing with mental health yeah. disorders, like can really bring the the heat up. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. Uh, that's it's just like uh, conditions that I think you're trying to attack a little bit with your new LP. And, yeah. and one thing I really want to ask is like the courage that you found to actually talk openly mm-hmm. about this. Like mm-hmm. when, when did you decide that it was time to just talk to your fans about this? Mm, I really don't know. No, it was just, it was always like present in my head. Like I always talk with my friends about it and all this stuff. And also with, uh, with my, with my label management and with my artist management and all this stuff. And, uh, then last year I got like a private coach for mental health, uh, issues in music industry. Her name is Anna Lohr and that was pretty nice. And, um, yeah, she, I don't know. She she was like my private coach to deal with my emotions and all this shit. And then I was like, okay, there are so many people who have who have to deal with the same stuff like I do. Maybe like this is what she told me. She didn't even say names or something, but she told me like a lot about DJs and bands who have the same issues. Then I was like, okay, like in my bubble, no one is really talking about it. And yeah, then I try to. I want to try to open up to this because no one is doing it. You know. Like not really, or or even like it's new. 
Yeah, like, exactly. I've been talking to artists a little bit about how coming out and yeah. talking about the yeah. things that before would make people not want to buy your record or think that you're kind of like out of control. Maybe your concert's not going to be good. Now it's like all over TikTok and social media. But one thing you mentioned also in um, the liner notes for your album is social media as a pressure as an artist. Do you want to talk about how that and your BPD might conflict? Like for me, I'm always comparing with other people. Like it doesn't matter if it's um, like another genre of sound or like, I don't know, some just a model or something. And I'm always comparing and then I pressure myself because I want to be like her or him or whatever. And I want the same shit. But what you always forget is that it's just like so, just social media. Um, yeah. And this pressure like with the with the competition, it feels like a competition. Like, for example, when everyone is posting their dates, like where they're going to play. I'm always counting like, OK, she's playing like 14 gigs a month and I'm just playing seven. OK, now I'm maybe not so good. You know, it's like super weird. But this is just in my head and I'm trying to figured out because it's not even real like uh yeah but this is what pressures me a lot <laughs> yeah it's interesting it because so i crazy. feel like what you're explaining are things that a lot of people can relate to yeah. but what you're saying is that through your therapy and understanding this um mental health issue mm-hmm. that it's like untenable like it, it reaches mm-hmm. a different point yeah um do you talk about that specifically on the album I just have, um, it's like uh, six tracks and the first one uh, I'm talking about um, like how to, how to um, like um, settle yourself down a bit or, or breathe and all this stuff. And this is like what my therapist told me that you have to breathe in and out to get like uh, back to your body and to, yeah, to feel yourself again and all this stuff. And this is the only track with vocals, and otherwise it's just, it's just like, um, yeah, without, without vocals, but you can feel like the, the energy in it. So it's like super deep. There's, for example, one track called Beyond 70. <clears throat> and this means um, that when your like, inner pressure is over 70%, this is like a therapist like diagram or something like this. Yeah. And when your pressure is over 70%, then you're not even able to feel anything or to control yourself. And it's like super deep and I'm trying to explain it. Like, But when you just have a, the first listen, I think you don't get it. <laughs> so well, you have to make a deep dive into it, I would say. <laughs> well, but I think there's something to be said, you know, electronic musicians talking about ideas, mm-hmm. deep ideas yeah. with just the sonics, like Drexia is a perfect example. Yeah, yeah and exactly. if we're going to talk about electro, we have yeah. a perfect person to talk about electro with. Like what... <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, the electro sound or certain tempos and stuff like that? How did that connect sonically to what you're trying to talk about with uh, BPD? Mm, it's like these pressuring bass lines and this, like I always, like every track has like a really long intro and it's the first time I work with analog uh, synthesizer and, and all this stuff. Before that, I was just doing digital stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's like super nice because you can control it and like they're just like little steps uh, until like the whole beat is or the whole track is like exploding, you know, and it's like also like how is it in my brain? It's like 100% or 0%, you know, and I think this is what the tracks are telling as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I definitely now that I've done some research about the um, disorder that we're talking about today mm-hmm. and then and then also seeing some of your sets online or listening to some of your sets, I was yeah. like, okay, this makes sense. Like there's this explosive <laughs> energy in yeah, the music. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I'd also really like to find out whether or not there's some people who are other than your therapists online or in the music industry, mm-hmm. inspiring you for finding new ways to live as an artist with a mental disorder? Mm, there are two nice podcasts. Uh, one is uh, called Danke Gut. It's just a German podcast uh, from Kashmiri. She also lives in Berlin. 
and she's talking like um, with a lot of people about different issues and it's really nice. It's always super nice to hear like stories of other people and this is what helps me a lot and yeah. I was also thinking about something, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, the the vibe of dance music, but also the vibe of nightclubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to run a weekly night for seven years. And oh, nice. over time, I would start to notice there were certain people that would come to our night that yeah. didn't have, I could even see from the DJ booth because it was like above. Yeah. There were certain um, dancers that I could just kind of tell didn't know anyone there. Yeah. And over time, <laughs> they became family. And over nice. time, I started to notice there were certain people that came to the club to feel mm-hmm the most normal version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was super obvious, like someone who was having like a gender realization and they would dress up in some makeup for the first time, but it was a nightclub, so it was okay. But then Mm -hmm. there was more extreme examples of people who, you know, you could tell were um, very, very, very socially cornered in their life and being in the chaos or even in the loud music uh, and the dance floor, like that was a place where they weren't defined by their illnesses. Mm I mean, do you find dancers, now that you've come out about your um, issues with mental health and uh, like relating to touring and social media, do you find that your your dancers are connecting with you in a different way or coming out to you about their own d- issues? Um, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, I just announced uh, the teaser uh, last week. Yeah, and I was I was on a private party on Saturday in my hometown Hamburg, and there were so many people like I know and I didn't know who came to me. And he said they they all said, "Okay, thank you for sharing this, blah blah blah." And it was the first time like people just come to me and they're like, "Mel, we're proud of you," blah blah blah. This it was like for me it was like super crazy, and I hope this will happen in clubs as well, like that people like open up and all this stuff. I also got so many messages. It's like it's insane. Good and bad ones, but um, I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I thank you. I mean, anytime an artist comes out and like can hold space for yeah. kids <clears throat> and also people who might feel like they they have something that they can't talk to their friends about, but they mm-hmm. can talk to their favorite DJ about. Yeah, you know, don't send too many DMs to yeah, Melody, yeah. but, <laughs> but still, like you're doing the work, and I really appreciate it. And thank you thank so much you. for coming to the studio today to yeah, talk about you your new album and also to just be a hero. Thank you. <laughs> So many compliments. (laughs) Thanks again for stopping by our studio, Mel. Now let's get into the other headlines that mattered this week. From AirPods to Air Helmets. So in the early stages of the pandemic, there were some pretty wacky COVID inventions going around. One was a product photo mock-up by the company Dyson. You know, the company that is mostly known for vacuum cleaners, public bathroom hand dryers, and a damn expensive curling iron. Now they're promoting a strange over-the-top futuristic headset called Zone. A combo of noise-canceling Bluetooth headphones and a built-in visor that's actually a wearable air purifier. Honestly, pics of this thing looked like a meme, but last week we found out it's actually real and for sale. For about a thousand bucks, this Batman villain Bane looking headset uses headphone cups with hidden electrostatic filters that feed clean air into the visor, which then blows it all up in your grill. Dyson says it monitors pollution in real time, capturing gas, allergens, and particulate matter. So if you're looking to ditch AirPods to literally wear an air helmet, the future is here. Speaking of futuristic helmets, the breaking news on the net this week was Apple announcing their own headset at their developers conference on Monday. 
It's called the Apple Vision Pro. It's basically a VR headset, even though Apple doesn't want to call it that, simply because VR is not a cool thing to say at the moment. It will be released early next year, and it will be crazy expensive, of course, $3,500 expensive. I personally still don't know what to do with these things, but I guess FaceTiming your mom will be even more intense soon. Other than that, expect a lot of pictures of capital investors wearing these things on their flights to Cancun. Speaking of... Cancun's Concert Ban The popular Mexican tourist destination, Cancun, known for its rowdy atmosphere for spring breakers and retirees alike, has announced a ban on concerts by some of Mexico's most well-known musicians. Vice has reported that performances by El Comandere and Grupo Firma were cancelled. They're accused of having connections to organized crime, and a representative of the Cancun City Council said that we respect freedom of expression, but we cannot continue to encourage events that promote violence. Other performances by rising Mexican rappers like Aleman and El Milenario were also canceled. Concert crackdowns aren't new to the party beaches of Cancun. In 2017, there was a shooting at the BPM Electronic Music Festival in Playa del Carmen, which is about an hour down the coast. Afterwards, the festival was banned from promoting any more events in the area. But one perspective to keep in mind here is that the latest ban applies to some acts known specifically for narco corridos, literally drug ballads. This is a Mexican folk genre that fictionalizes the activities of some well-known drug traffickers. So local authorities are supposedly tamping down on these artists for their content and connections. This all sparks a really interesting debate on who gets to portray crime in their music and who gets to listen to it. I was curious what some popular narco corridos sounded like, so I collected a playlist to share in the show notes. Barbie the album. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. The list of artists contributing to the soundtrack for this summer's Barbie movie has been announced. And it looks like we'll need to wait a little longer for that glorious return of Aqua. You remember, come on Barbie, let's go party. The artists actually featured on the soundtrack are as slick, composed, and fashion-forward as you'd expect. Charlie XCX, Dua Lipa, Ice Spice, Pink Pantheris, Carol G, and more. And it's pretty perfect timing, just like Barbie, that they've dropped this announcement right at the start of Pride Month. Needless to say, it's coming out on hot pink cassette and vinyl. Even Ryan Gosling, who plays Ken in the movie, is listed as a performer for the soundtrack, which is all produced by Mark Ronson, of course. The track listing is in final, more Barbies and Kens to be announced. Oh, I love you, Ken. More California love for Tupac. Yesterday, June 7th, the legendary rapper and activist Tupac finally received his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. As someone who grew up just 10 minutes from the Starwalk, I am genuinely shook it took this long. Tupac was shot and killed in Las Vegas in 1996, and now, 27 years later, on what would have been his 52nd birthday, he's getting Hollywood's biggest honor. And it's a good time, anyway, to be learning more about just how significant Tupac was and is. The phenomenal documentary Dear Mama, the saga of Afeni and Tupac Shakur, is now available to stream on Hulu. The doc follows the mostly untold story of the relationship between Tupac and his mother. She was a seminal member of the Black Panther Party, and her perspective and politics deeply influenced her son. Dear Mama gets to the heart of Tupac's character like no other film about him, and trust me, I've seen all 100 of them. The footage of Tupac speaking emphatically to full rooms of Black Panther members is an unforgettable sight. 
truly poetic justice. So if you only know Tupac for his music, watch Dear Mama to understand more about what made him so special as a revolutionary like mother, like son. It's recommendation time again, and this week the rec comes from Jada G. Her new album drops tomorrow. It's called Guy. And if you're curious for the story behind it, Jada talked about Guy and all kinds of stuff with my co-host Kika Lomo on the latest episode of our Electronic Beats conversation series. We asked Jada what she listens to whenever she's feeling sad. I listen to everything Prince. (laughs) And I'm like, actually, like, this isn't just something I'm saying to give an answer. It's literally what I do. Like when I'm like my my husband could attest to this like when I'm sad I just sit there and I watch YouTube videos of concert videos of, of Prince performing and it just gives me such a because like, I'm such a Prince fan it gives me such joy I just I don't know yeah that's that is literally like specifically like well the tracks change depending but um, I Want to Be Your Lover is like number one favorite track. I end a lot of my sets with that track. Um, a big one is Alphabet Street. That was a big family favorite. Um, yeah, I, sorry, I could list all so many Prince songs. We won't go there, but <laughs> but yeah. <prim. laughs> Thanks again, Jada G. We know what to listen to on our next rainy day. That's all for the week this week. Thanks for locking in. We'll be back here next Thursday. Take care and remember to stop scrolling. The Week is a production by Telecom Electronic Beats and ACV Stories.